This podcast is powered by the leading at the top of your game development experience. If you would like to work with Karen and the shockingly different leadership team to up-level the leadership execution acumen within your organization, visit developingyourgame.com to find out more. Well, I think, you know, when it comes to time management and especially creating a schedule or a way of working, it's not a one-size-fits-all conversation. And I think that there is a lot of guilt for us around how we spend our time. Welcome to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we equipped you to more effectively lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. Each week, we help you sharpen your leadership acumen by cracking open the playbooks of dynamic leaders who are doing big things in their professional endeavors. And now your host, leadership tactics and organizational development expert, Karen Farrell-Rhodes. Hey there, superstars. Welcome back to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. And thanks for joining another episode designed to help you better lead at the top of your game. You know, while leaders frequently are the public face of a company, department, or leadership initiative, no leader is successful all by themselves. They usually have a team of supporters who contribute to their expertise in a variety of ways. But if you interview a leader and ask them, they likely will tell you that there is an individual who is their main go-to person. You know, someone who is key to making sure that they and the full team is collaborating very well and that is the leader's true right-hand person. For me and for this podcast, that individual is today's guest and our senior producer. Her name is Julie Kick, and she's affectionately known as the virtual rock star. And she's an accomplished coach, trainer, and copywriter and author who also teaches systems for maximizing your time while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. She actually stumbled upon podcast producing um, out of the blue and took a chance to use her incredible skills in an industry that was very new to her. And I really admire that. She is actually a time management ninja, and believe you me. And she's going to share tons of great tips with you on today's episode. But in my opinion, the big takeaway is that you're going to be able to get a peek into what a true right-hand person can and should be doing for you. If you currently don't have this level of support of a person that helps you to better optimize your time management based on your personal work style, you know, then it might be time to request a higher level of performance for whoever is serving you right now, or find a candidate that has a better level capability for that role, and then leverage the person you currently have in a way that better suits their talents. Just something to think about as you listen to Julie's episode. And always be sure to stay tuned for just two minutes after the episode to listen to my closing segment called Karen's Take, where I share a tip on how to use insights from today's episode to further sharpen your leadership acumen. And now, enjoy the show. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and welcome to another episode of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. I have a special treat for you all today. Our guest for today is 
our very own senior producer of this podcast, Miss Julie Kick. She's affectionately known as the virtual rock star, and she's an accomplished coach, trainer, copywriter, and author who has been creating her own programs and content for numerous years, but she helps direct sellers and entrepreneurs and teaches systems for time management and business operations. And she's just an organizational superstar. And in full transparency, I asked her to come on the show and I really didn't ask. I twisted her arm and made her come on the show because she has really revolutionized our systems here on the podcast. and. It's extremely important for leaders in every dimension to bring to the table and bring as part of their team people who have expertise and skills that they may not have because that actually helps you and the entire team be better. And she was just the kick in the butt that we needed for our podcast when we started out. And we're so pleased to have her. And I wanted to feature her so that she can give you all some tips, as well as share some of the offerings that her business does for entrepreneurs and other podcast hosts. So welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm excited. Oh, we're excited to have you. Well, before we dive deep into your area of expertise, um, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you on the personal side. So as much as you feel comfortable, can you share a little bit about your personal life and passions right now? Absolutely. Um, I'm old, so this is this is hard to break down, right? I'm turning 60 in a couple of weeks. Um, I was raised on the West Coast. I was born in California. Most Californians moved to Oregon in the late 60s, and my family did too. And I grew up in Oregon and then uh, lived in Eastern Washington, and that's where I raised my kids. In Walla Walla, it is a real place. It is. Um, I know Walla Walla. I went to high school and college in the Pacific Northwest and in the Portland, Oregon area. And um, before I, um, I was married for to my second husband, which it's a long story, but anyway, um, we were together for about six and a half years, and he he was the love of my life, perfect. I knew I was going to grow old with him, and then he died of metastatic melanoma. And that's what my book's about. But before he died, we talked about me moving back to the Pacific Northwest because my family's here. You know, I have friends and this is where I kind of came up. And so I did that and um, am back in in sort of the rainy Pacific North Northwest again. And I love it here. And I've really been an entrepreneur most of my life. I had, you know, I worked as an employee in my early 20s, like most of us, and then started my own business and began coaching and training and you know, I had a corporate position from 2019 to 2021. And really, it reminded me of why I don't make a great employee. I mean, <laughs> I kind of, you know, I work as a consultant for you. And I love that. But I also like to have the independence and freedom of of doing it all myself and, you know, running the show and, and being independent. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic today, because I think it's, you know, time management is something everybody struggles with. And it's, I feel like I'm kind of an expert in that area for sure. So when you asked if I would come and talk about it, I didn't take much arm twisting for sure. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate you and I'm sure the listeners will as well. Um, so let's dive into that. Um, for listeners, you may not know this about me, but I'm a fr- bit of a free spirit. I'm, I'm good about buckling down when someone twists my arm to do that, but I, I go with the uh, shiny object syndrome and Julie is excellent about 
pulling me back in. And one of our other operation managers, her name is Carol. She helps do that for me as well on the business side. So I'm one of those people that need um, handholding a lot of times. But anyway, Julie, uh, I'm just curious in your years of experience, why do you think people struggle so much? with time management, people like me? You know, when it comes to time management and especially creating a a schedule or a way of working, it's not a one-size-fits-all conversation. And I think that there is a lot of guilt for us around how we spend our time versus how other people are spending their time. And, you know, how many books have there been written about here's how you do this and here's how you create a schedule. And I was, you know, as an early coach, because I became a certified coach in the, you know, early 2000s and I was coaching entrepreneurs and leaders. And I had a system because I am a very systematic person. And so here's how you do it. And I started realizing that wasn't working with all my clients because not everybody is the same, right? The truth is that who you are and how you you function really has everything to do with how you create and maintain a way of working. And I think that's why this whole conversation about being on the podcast came up because we were talking about that. And I said, Oh, honey, you're free flowing. You know, you're 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 never going to be able to fit into that mold. And and you said, oh, well, tell me more about that, right? So, you know, for somebody who's free flowing, you can have all the systems you want, but the truth is, if you don't have freedom, it's never going to feel right for you. And so, even if you do work within that structure, it's not your best work. And I think as managers and and leaders, especially, you have to understand on your team, there's going to be different management styles as well. That's right. So when you start to learn what your time management style is, then you start to set up systems that really support the way that you work the best, right? And and you can let go of that guilt about (laughs) what you should be doing or the way everybody else says you need to work. And, and do it yourself, you know, That's and true. figure it out for yourself. And I love that because although, you know, I've spent you know, most of my corporate career and now in my consulting career in people strategy and leadership, you know, for organizations, um, one of the things we need to do as leaders is to be more self-aware. And because I know that this is, I won't say a weakness, but a, an area of opportunity to always focus on. I have learned over the years that I have to put people and systems in place to make sure that I'm catering to those who need more systematic guidance, if you will. So I'm not your systematic queen, but when I'm leading a team of people, I have to have a person like you or Carol or someone as a partner to tap accountability partner to tap on the shoulder and say, hey, Karen, you'll need to do this, then that. Um, I absolutely hate writing agendas when I'm doing um you know, meetings, but I do so because I recognize there's some people that need that to feel comfortable and prepared when we are all collaborating together so that while it not only pains me, it's a reminder that that's something I need to do to help make my team, you know, more successful. And so that's, you know, why I appreciate accountability partners um, like you and and people should know you can learn how to put things in place to make you even more uh, effective, even if it's not your natural nature. Do you agree or no? A hundred percent I do. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's why I had to d- sort of develop this understanding around different types of, of time management styles, because I'm very structured. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing pretty much every day. <laughs> I have a routine. I want, I'm a list. I, you know, I have, I have the agenda. You know, when I start a project, the first thing I do is go to a, a, a mind mapping program and I get it all out. I mean, 
And that works for me, but it doesn't work for everyone. Right. And so I identify these three different types and most people, you know, can identify with a few, but there is one that is good. You're going to say, yes, That's that me. is me. So okay. I think it's, if, let me go through these and then, yeah, and I told you, you know, when we were talking before we started the podcast, I said, you're going to have some aha moments, especially <laughs> I start out with the free flowing style, which I pegged you within five minutes of meeting you. I'm like, definitely this is where she is. I know this. So, okay, let's hear the types. Okay. So, okay, so start if, with- this is, if you are free flowing and stop mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I do think <laughs> this is you, you do not, you really kind of a, a poor structure. You don't that, like you, you fight against that. Someone tries to say, here's the parameters and you just want to go, no, yeah, right. That means right. that you live in the moment and you would prefer not to have any structure or schedule, but also as a leader, you understand, like you said, that you have to ad- adhere to some of that. So the key is to figuring out how to do that while still really honoring that value you have around freedom. So if you have too much freedom, then you end up, as you said, multitasking, shiny object syndrome, jumping from project to project, and you run the risk of really becoming unreliable for yourself and your team and your family because you're working last minute. You said to me this morning, I like to work on deadlines. I mean, that kind of thing is great as long as it's done within you know, the context of reality, right? Right. So that way of working can really stress out a free-flowing individual, especially since the demands and deadlines don't just go away no. if you don't get them done, right? I mean, they're still there. So if this is your time management style, you have to really consider working in a way that supports both your freedom and also the need for the stuff you got to get done in your business, right? I mean, that's just right. a reality. So there's a couple of tips for you that um, always have, have really worked well for my other, and I can't relate to you at all, but <laughs> I do understand if there are people out there like you. And so I have some tips that might help, right? Please, um, I'm taking like, notes. Okay, good. So first of all, make sure that you are working in small but intense bursts of structured activity. Okay, so you mix those chunks in with plenty of unstructured time. And that means that maybe you plan, you know, you structure an activity like working on a specific project for a set amount of time. And then you open up time on your schedule that you can use any way you want once that's over. So it's a bit of a carrot for you, right? And it doesn't mean that you're not going to work during that unstructured time. You will probably, but the freedom that you feel knowing that you've got that free time coming up once you finish this project, it makes you more productive during the structured time. And you can do this in chunks of 30 minutes at a time or all day, you know, a day at a time, like a a structured day and a free day. It just kind of depends on what's happening, obviously, in your business and what you need. That's tip number one is make sure that you're building in unstructured time when you're working on structured projects. Okay. Secondly, you can build a daily schedule that is really open to flux. Okay. So that means that you might start out with a plan for the day or even the week But then, you know, you're open to changing that plan if something comes up that you would rather do or that lights your fire kind of, right? So the key here, this is really important for all all styles, is that you make sure that if you do decide to rearrange your schedule, okay, so you have something scheduled for today, but then something else comes up you'd rather do in order to keep things on track, you have to go back to your calendar and before you move on to the next thing you really want to do and reschedule that. So that you're not putting it off so that you know that it's in your schedule and it's going to get accomplished. And, you know, I know for me, if it's on my schedule, I might not necessarily do it at that time, but it's, it's top of mind. I know that it's there. And I know that, that, you know, if I don't do it tomorrow, then I better find a time when I'm going to do it and make sure that it's put in there. 
Right. Because otherwise it's not going to get done. Right. Right. So that's the free flowing. Did, did I describe you? <laughs> Unfortunately to a T, Julie, <laughs> there's nothing I can uh, refute. I'm sorry. <laughs> but do, those tips, do those tips resonate with you? Do you think that's going to help you? They did. And the one thing that I do do that you mentioned, and I'm so sorry, audience, you're hearing um, Poppy in the background. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> we share in our lives, right? <laughs> but the one thing that I do do is I do do buffer time between meetings. So um, being the you know head of a, a medium-sized organization, it requires me a ton of meetings, but then actions in between meetings. So I always have buffer time between meetings to make sure I have time to decompress, think, and schedule whatever it is that I need to get done you know, I can't go back to back. That doesn't really work for me unless it's an emergency. So anywho, that's, that's totally fascinating. Good, so perfect. what's another um, type? Okay. So the next one is mine. This is the structured time oh, management style. I get to learn yeah. about you. Okay. <laughs> and again, you know, this is important. If you're a leader, you need to understand all of these, right? Because if you have a free flowing person like you, Karen, and, and, and I'm your, your manager and I say, okay, here's how you're going to do this. And I'm trying to fit your square peg into this round hole. It's not going to work for you and you're not going to be as happy or as productive. So yeah, you got to understand all these. The second one is structured, right? Like I said, so if you have a high value around order and organization, (laughs) that you're probably going to fit into this time management style. And that means that you function best with a high degree of predictability in your schedule. And a lot of people who follow this have, and I'm one of them, like I said, I have the same schedule every day or week or both. And, you know, I'll do certain things on certain days. And it's, yeah. easy, especially with the podcast I'm producing that I do for you, it's easy because there's a structure to that for me, right? We right. drop podcasts on Tuesdays. That means I do social media on Wednesday. I mean, it's all really structured. So I think that it's really important to decide what that schedule is going to be. The, the challenge that we face as structured personality types is if something comes up that's out of our routine, it can really sort of send us into a spiral, right? Because then the things that are supposed to have gotten done that day don't get done and you can start to feel overwhelmed. All right. So that makes a couple tips for this style. And I know that everybody probably thinks, oh, that's, you know, how lucky are you to have that? You know, you're so organized and da, da, da. You know, there's downsides to it, downsides too, as well. And I can be kind of a workaholic because of this too, I think, because I can schedule every single minute and then I have no freedom. And that's really common. So if this is your style, then you're going to want to make sure that you have systems in place. And I'm the systems queen. So I'm always talking about systems, but for sure, you definitely want that. Yeah. Um, That you give yourself permission to break the rules now and then. And you have to give yourself permission because it's not a natural thing. So the key to happiness, if you're a structured person, is to make sure that you are honoring that need for order and still making room for flux that's inevitable in everyday life, right? It's it's right. one thing to have a structured, reliable schedule. It's another thing to be so rigidly tied to that, that you cannot ever go with the flow when the need arises to do that. So get clear. This is when I'm working. And this is when I'm not working. And that's another thing is, you know, make sure that you're, you leave your office, you know, when the time comes and and that's not always easy for a structured person either because we're pretty driven usually. Very, yeah. <laughs> Structure your day so that you have the peace of mind that everything you need to get done gets done. And that means knowing that what you need to do, time blocking that, however you set up your schedule, create systems for what you do during the week, during those working hours. And 
that's really easy for structured people. They love finding ways to do something efficiently in the same way every time. And then also keep your schedule where you can see it. And I, this was a huge thing for me when I figured it out huh. because it brought me a sense of sort of, okay, I don't have to do that right this minute because it's on my schedule for tomorrow or later on. So you stay on track and that keeps you, you from keep your schedule where it's easily visible. Pardon me. Yeah. Visible. So visible. I use, I, mean, I have a computer, so and mm-hmm. my, I'm a, you know, Apple girl, so it's everywhere. It's on my phone, and, but I can easily pull it up. And I also have a, a physical like calendar here that I can look at because it's important for me to be able to remember. Like I said, you won't worry about getting off track if, mm-hmm. if, if you see that you're on track, you know? That's, that's a good point. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. And then the last part tip for this is um, be open to rescheduling when the need arises. And this is a really big challenge for structured types, because we want everything to go as planned, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't always work. So just like with that free flowing type, if something does come up that you have to do, or you choose to do something that's unplanned, like a unplanned meeting or an impromptu lunch, even with a friend, right. or a colleague, just go to your calendar, find a chunk of time within the week, and reschedule that activity so that you have, it's, it's planned, and you know, and that gives you peace of mind. A lot of this is about just mindset. It is understanding your values and saying, okay, I'm, I'm making sure that, that that's being honored. Yes. And so listeners, if this resonates with you, I know she has a, a, a one or two more types to talk about, but just really quick for this one, when you're leading others, like um, Julie and I are collaborating, she does really kind things like um, a gentle reminder, because for a free flowing type, we love a a warning sign or a heads up or, or letting us know if there really is a drop dead deadline. Cause otherwise we're going to go to the next shiny object um, that we're wanting to do. So when you're leading others, a gentle reminder saying, Hey, Karen, you know, in two days, you know, we'll definitely need to have this done. That is a balance between giving the structured person a little confidence that we're going to meet the deadline and the free flowing person, a little confidence that they can still, manage and get the work done, but still meet the expectations. So like you said, it's a mindset of, of a give and take between those that you're working with. Beautifully said. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And you're right. That same reminder can mean two different things to two different, different time people. management styles, right? Absolutely. So the last one is the one where everybody goes, yes. <laughs> Which is that? This is the to-do list driven Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so obviously, we all fit into this category at some level. It's usually a secondary for some people. For my husband, it's a he's a he's a main to do list. He even has a little notebook that he carries around with lists all the time. And it's all, he, like he'll write lists and lists and lists. It just cracks me up. I, I yeah. can't believe how many lists he has. <laughs> so I've hardly ever met a person who doesn't make lists, at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. But those who identify as a to do list driven time management style, yeah, they are driven by lists and they tend to be really productive because of that. And, and they often border on that workaholic piece um, because there's one more thing always to do on that list. Right. So uh, sometimes they work long hours. They have trouble setting limits on how and, and when they work and the harmony between their family life and their business can be kind of difficult to manage. And it's interesting, I'm going to give you some tips in a minute, but my husband is a field geophysicist. That's, and he's worked with a company that does military contracts, um, unexploded ordnance surveys on military bases for years. 
And I mean, he's been with them for 15 years and he's almost always been in the field. And so, you know, like we'll, we lived in a residence hotel in Stafford, Virginia for a year when he was working at Quantico when, and he goes out and is actually physically working. Well, now they've transitioned him to a, a quality control person. He's getting a little bit older, you know, he, they, they need somebody in that role. He's really experienced, but he's working from home most of the time now. Mm. And it is driving me insane because I'm trying to coach him. <laughs> I know about him insane too. <laughs> I, I know. I'm on a podcast talking about this, right? I need to help you. And and he is just he's so all over the place because he's got these lists. And you know, I and and he's not really managing them well. And so I do my best to say, can I just coach you a little bit? Can I just offer can I offer you something to help? Because he'll work all day and feel like he's not getting anything done. And that is not unusual because you just you can get overwhelmed. So the key to happiness if you are to-do list driven, is to make sure that you have every activity, and this is important, every activity that you feel like you need to accomplish for the week out on paper in one list, a master list. I mean, I love to do that on Sunday nights, whenever, just because then I know the week's going to go well. But if, if it, the list lives in your head, and it can, then it, it really can eat you alive because you wake up in the middle of the night and you're going, oh, I got to do that. I need to add that to my list. And, and it, it can be stressful. So a lot of times people in this category are so busy that they yeah. have to create their schedules weekly or even sometimes daily yeah. in order to have a, a sane way of working. And that's totally fine. There are some simple things that you can do to help stay sane and out of that state of overwhelm. So the first thing is that master list idea. Highly recommend this. Just write down every single thing that you have to do for the week on Sunday night or Monday morning, brain dump everything. And I mean, change the oil in my car, you know, feed the cat finish this major work project. If you get it all out on paper, then it's not living in your head anymore. And that is really helpful. So that's the first thing. And then look at your current schedule and see what you might already have on there and what you can work in. And then I really like to take that master list. Mm -hmm. And I've actually taught this concept where you take like a three by five card every day, a clean three by five card, and you choose three or four things off that master list you put them on that card. Uh So you're making another list, but it's a shorter list. Right. And that's what you're focused on for the day. And then anything at the end of that day that hasn't been checked off, because that's the other thing that to-do list people love is to mark things off when they're done. I mean, that is really satisfying. So you mark it off. At the end of the day, if there's anything on that list that you didn't get to, you get a fresh, clean card. It goes to the top of the next day's list. And then you take a few more things off the list. The key is to allow yourself to then let that master list be, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yes. this is what I'm working on today. And the rest of this list is waiting until tomorrow. And there's even sort of a, a, a spiritual component there, you know, where you can say, you know, maybe some of that stuff, I'll just leave and my higher power will take care of it, you know, and that happens sometimes, believe it or not. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. So, so it's really interesting to, um, to, to manage that master list. So make a master list and then take small chunks of that. Yeah. And make a new list daily and then work through that. So that's that those are some tips for for uh the the person who's the the to-do list driven style. So the what I'm gonna take away from that for me to use just personally is I do keep a few to-do lists as well, but I have so many lists and pieces of paper because I'm not able to finish it all. But I didn't think about getting a separate card or post-it note or something to pick off the top two or three that I'm going to get done right now. But 
keep a running list versus it's kind of a, it's kind of a game changer. I, I would challenge you to do that huh. and see what happens. Okay, maybe that will help me a bit. I mean, that sounds interesting there. Well, let me ask you this question. Out of all three, I bet that there are some people that see themselves in a bit of all three. So do you have any advice of the different styles of how to like manage what is really you? What is your style? If you're a bit of all three, do you take and do a bit of all three of these or do you force function yourself? I have never met anyone who can't identify their main. I mean, oh, like the, main the minute I three? talk about free flowing, you say mm-hmm. that's me. The minute you talk about structured, I say that's me. The minute I talk about time or uh, to do list driven, you know, I, I have physical evidence that that's Mark, right? My <laughs> husband. So sure. I think that we are a lot of times all for, and you know, when you're a free flowing person, yeah. I told you create structured chunks of time during that yeah. 30 minutes or hour, you're working in a structured way. Yeah. Right. But if you don't allow the freedom, then you're in trouble. For me, I don't, I don't need that freedom during the day. I would much rather have it all scheduled for myself. And then, you know, when I'm done, I'm done, but it's a totally different um, value system. And I talk a lot about values as a coach and really, truly, if you have a high value around freedom, that structured piece is going to make you feel constricted. If you you have a high value around structure, then that freedom piece is going to make you feel untethered. You're right. And, you know, I think I got your point. I think you're right that people have a main style that they identify with. But I do can I can see situations where you would flex based on what you're doing. So my natural style is a free flowing. But if we're in a consulting project and we're under deadline to get things done for that client, then I'll switch into to do list mode where I have accountability owners for all the tasks so that we're meeting the client's expectations. It's not my natural style, but I know that's what we need to do to uh, make the client happy. And I'll switch into that mode, but I'm like high-fiving when I can get out of it. <laughs> you know? But I will say that I think to-do list, um, especially for this, the free-flowing type mm-hmm. is a great tool because it yeah. gives you sort of peace of mind because it's all out on paper. I mean, yeah. that is such a big part of that. And, you know, like you said, then you, you kind of know it's there and you can walk away from it when you're ready. But I think it's a great tool for sure. To-do list is really on, for both structured and free flowing. We yeah. use it. But we use it as a tool. If you're truly to-do list driven, that's a whole different ballgame. So now, Julian, totally makes sense. Um, why, and audience listeners, you know, if you've listened to the podcast a bit, I always like to ask the guests which of the leadership tactics that I write about in my book really stood out for them. And Julie selected strategic decision making. And so now it really makes sense why. <laughs> but share why you uh, selected that as one of the topics that resonated for you. I really feel strongly that not just making a great decision and, and, you know, an informed decision, but also just being decisive as an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. It's been the thing that has really, I think, been responsible for most of my success is I, I make decisions quickly. I'm strong in the choices I make. You know, sometimes I'll make a decision without even really knowing the exact road I'm going to take to get there. That's also a law of attraction thing. I decide what I want first. And I focus really clearly on, okay, this is the thing I want to create a a course and launch it. And I'm not exactly positive how I'm going to get there. But as a structured person, you can bet that I, I, like I said, I mind map it out. And I'm also really open then once the decision's been made 
to intuition. And if I need to take a different route, I do that. Yeah. But I think being indecisive just steals, it can rot your soul, right? It, it steals yeah. your joy. It steals your motivation. You know, so make it, my mom used to always say, do something, even if it's wrong. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, true, right? You know, <laughs> decision, right? Make a decision, begin moving toward it and, and be open to the fact that that path might change. Something might be different, but you work with more positive intention if you are doing it in a decisive way, if you made a decision and you're working toward that. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So in addition to that, um, because I mean, you're an entrepreneur yourself, you work with a lot of um, clients. I'm just curious, what else does it take for you to be able to lead at the top of your game? That's really a good question because when, as you know, when you work, I mean, I don't have a big team like you. I am part of your team. Yeah. (laughs) I think a a lot of it for me leading at the top of my game is continuing. I'm always learning. Uh, I'm, I'm always learning mindset. I'm reading leadership books. I'm making sure that I'm feeding my own, you know, self-confidence. And because when you're a lone ranger out there, there's not a ton of other people often giving you feedback or, you know, and the other thing is you definitely have to be accountable to yourself. And so for me to lead at the top of my game, it's I'm constantly looking at how I'm doing things, what I'm doing, what's working, what isn't working. I'm really, I think I'm really self-aware just in general, but also, you know, I do, I do annual planning and quarterly planning. And if I, I, sometimes I'll do it with a mastermind group if I happen to have other people that I'm, but if I don't, I still sit down and do it. And, you know, I don't, again, I don't always follow that plan to the letter, but at least I've identified these are the areas where I'm going to be working and I can hold myself accountable and keep myself on track. And that's something my husband's struggling with as well. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to tell him to stop working at the end of the day because he doesn't have that self-discipline yet as an, as a solo worker, I mean, he works with the team, but because he's generally been in a really structured out in the field, you go to work at 7am, you get home at 5pm, it's, you know, and disciplining yourself to actually have a, a some sort of structure when you're working from home. And some people, it's the opposite. You know, right. they have a hard time actually getting in. Not most people. I find most entrepreneurs, it's, it's you know, we, we work too much. And when your office is right next door to your bedroom, it's really easy to just walk in there. And, you know, like in the mornings, for instance, this is a great example of that self-discipline. My workout room is a left-hand turn out of my bedroom and my office is a right hand turn and I am a morning person. And I know that if I don't get in there and do my workout before I come in here and sit down in front of my computer, chances are good. I'll be sitting here in my workout clothes at 11 o'clock and it still won't have happened. You haven't done it. Oh, there are just goodness. a few structured things that I use to keep on track. That was the other thing I was going to say about time at your time management style. Yeah. Everybody knows their circadian rhythm. So if you are a morning person, uh-huh. To do your best to to schedule whatever you schedule to yeah. be done, you know, before three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. If you're a night person or evening person, then it's the opposite. But I don't, I do not recommend working against your natural sort of circadian rhythm. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I don't drink coffee. I'm wide awake at 6 a.m. and that's who I am. But if I'm doing a project at three, I'm not as good. <laughs> no, and I'm a night person, as you know, so I get a lot done um, at night. But I think one of the things that works well for us is that I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast. And so by the yeah. time I'm getting my uh, brain um, situated, you're up and raring to go as well. So that's really cool. 
Well, I can't let you get out of here, Julie, without sharing um, a little bit about your program. It's called Get Organized and Take Back Your Life. But please share with the audience members what that's all about and where they can find it. So it's really simple. It is a four module course that you can take online. And I I, I love modular courses. I think they're great, self-directed. The modules are your physical workspace. And we talk about how to organize a space that you feel good working in energetically, which is really important. And most people haven't even really thought about that. So we talk a lot about, you know, how that works. The second is your business systems. So your follow-up system, your, your um, you know, how, how you work with the physical things you have to get done every day, you know, your accounting system, anything that is a system in your business. Uh, we talk about creating a system around that, you know, so that you know that it's getting done the same way every time. The third part is, is your coaching event system. So working with other people and how you, in, in, in your listeners cases, it would be working with your team and making sure that, that you're, you have a, a program system around that, that works for you. And then the final piece is your schedule and time management, much of which I covered today. The Actually, I talked pretty much the first module was today and then, or the first part of that module was today. And then there's two more parts that actually help you create a schedule based on your time management style. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. talk really, cl- you know, clearly about that. Um, mm-hmm. There is a link to the program. I don't actually have it on a website right now, okay. but there is a link to the program and we'll include that in the show notes. And then if anybody's interested, they can check that out. It's really affordable. And I think it'll, it's a great quick course for you to take. That'll be, you know, kind of eye opening for you as far as, as what, uh, what you're doing with your organization within your business and your life too. It also sort of translates and how you can make some small tweaks that could make a big difference. That sounds fantastic. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a small plug. I don't know where she's going to be and what her bandwidth will be um, by the time this episode airs. But right now, um, Julie has a bit of bandwidth to help a couple of other podcast hosts. Um, I know a few of you all out there have subscribed um, and have told me that you're a podcast host. So Um, definitely check out the show notes, um, reach out to Julie. And the only way I'm going to let her be able to be a a vendor for you is um, if she promises not to drop me by the wayside, but, (laughs) but this is one of my favorite, my favorite jobs I've ever done or favorite, whatever it is. I don't even think of it as a job, but you know, you're the second podcast that I've produced. I you're my only podcast client right now, but I love this and I would love to work with just a few more, two or three more, because I feel like, I really have a great system for this and I love doing it. And it's, I just, you know, I can't tell you all the time. I love my job and it just feels, <laughs> you know, like doesn't even feel like work when I do it. And, uh, and it really is it, so many podcasters do. You were doing so much of the minutia. When I met you, I kept yeah. saying, what else, what else are you doing? Let me, I want to take, I, I want you to do the interviews and be brilliant and I'll do the rest. You know, that's my goal. Oh, well, awesome. Well, definitely, if you're open to some assistance, uh, reach out to Julie and she'll kind of let you know at that time what her being with is. But um, I definitely can vouch for her 150%. So thank you so much, Julie, for being on the podcast. This was uh, tremendous. We took a ton of notes and uh, I've had so much insights just in these 30 minutes. This is amazing. It was my pleasure. I'm really glad. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. 
And audience, thank you too for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Um, as you know, I only have two asks for you at the end of every show. One is to like and subscribe to the podcast um, at, on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And the second is just to share the podcast with just one friend because anyone that we can do to help um, them to lead at the top of the game, their game and serve their world in the way that they want to serve it will be truly amazing. Thanks so much and see you next week. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Julie Kick, founder and CEO of The Virtual Walkstar and the senior producer of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. Links to her bio, her entry into our leadership playbook, and additional resources can be found in the show notes, both on your favorite podcast platform of choice and on the web at leadyourgamepodcast.com. And now for Karen's take on today's topic of having a strong right hand to help you better manage your time. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to share a little secret with you. You already know that I've been both a corporate and business executive myself, as well as that I've been developing and supporting leaders throughout my entire career. And while I mentor individuals to help them lead at the top of their game and coach them through any obstacles that they face in doing so, you know, at times I used to suffer from a bit of imposter syndrome myself. Now I questioned who am I to tell this CEO or VP that they may be unknowingly sabotaging the success of their company or staff? Now, don't get me wrong. I can go toe-to-toe with anybody, no matter their status or power. And in my field of work, I constantly do. But at times, I look at folks with huge followings on social media or those that are featured experts on TV and wonder, hey, why not me? Am I not worth being interviewed on 60 Minutes? And for as many jobs as I've saved and leaders who have me on speed dial telling me how valuable I am, how come I'm not also recognized as a CNN hero? (laughs) Well, no, I'm just kidding. I don't believe I'm at that level yet. But, you know, watching someone in the limelight and being recognized for their gifts is very inspiring. And while admittedly I have had my fair share of features in top media outlets, You know, I've come to realize and be thankful for the difference that I can make in the world by being the influencer and conciliary behind the individual. No, this type of role may not get you interviewed by Oprah, but it can be a critical linchpin to a successful leadership effort or initiative. The leader behind the leader is an invaluable role. They are charged with giving sound counsel, being a thought leader, assisting with the execution, and at times, talking the leader off the ledge. Think about it. What would any great TV personality be without their executive producer? Or any great athlete be without their chief trainer? Or what chef would be at their best without their sous chef? Or the president of the U.S.? What would he or she be without their chief of staff? And this is why I wanted to feature Julie, who is a magical leader behind this podcast and who keeps everything organized and humming. She keeps me and the team in lockstep and ensures that we all deliver on our accountabilities, both on time and with extremely high quality, all for your enjoyment as our listeners. She is also a treasured confidant 
and thought partner for me, which if I'm being serious, it can be a 24-7 job within itself. So my main advice for you today is to find your own Julie. And no, you cannot have mine, so don't be looking her up and stealing her away. (laughs) Find someone who is uniquely qualified and loves being the leader behind the individual who is passionate around helping you to be at your best so that you too can truly lead at the top of your game. So thanks for hanging in there and listening to Karen's Take. And if I haven't mentioned it lately, I do appreciate you being a member of our podcast family. Have a fantastic rest of your week and see you next week. Take care. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we help you lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. You can check out the show notes, additional episodes, bonus resources, and also submit guest recommendations on our website at leadyourgamepodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for the name Karen Rhodes with Karen being spelled K-A-R-A-N. And if you like the show, the greatest gift you can give would be to subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast has been a production of Shockingly Different Leadership, a global consultancy which helps organizations execute their people, talent development, and organizational effectiveness initiatives on an on-demand project or contract basis. Huge thanks to our production and editing team for a job well done. Goodbye for now.